This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, South Africa, Johannesburg Christian Family Church. And this is a wonderful, special Sunday. It is Father's Day. We are going to ask the fathers in the house to stand up, and we're going to pray over you, and we are going to trust God for a great blessing in your life here this morning. All fathers stand up. Give them a great big praise God, will you, family? Fathers are such an important member of the family. They are the leaders of the home. And they should be in our examples that God uses for their children, their wives, and friends and family to follow in our world today where there is so much corruption, lying, cheating, stealing. We have men of God who are leaders standing for godliness. We honor you and salute you this morning for your faithful service to your family, to the Lord, and your church. All right, let's pray. Stretch your hands out towards all dads here today. Dear God in heaven, we pray for all the fathers in the house here this morning. On this special Father's Day Sunday, we thank you for their integrity, their character, their faithfulness, their diligence, their determination to live for you, to set the right example before their children and their wives, what it means to be a godly man. We thank you for the price they pay and the pressures they endure in life as a man. And so, Father God, we thank you for giving them additional strength and wisdom, encouragement to continue on, even in these very challenging times, to continue trusting you for great blessing in their lives and provision for their families and protection for their families. We thank you for blessing them financially with wisdom as well, good health and strength. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, for meeting every need. And everybody said, amen, amen. Praise God, fathers. We love you, appreciate you. So glad that you are here with us this morning. And our message, a special message today for fathers, is called Blessed is the Man. Blessed is the Man. All right. So won't you take your seats and let's, well, actually, won't you stand up, everybody, and let's pray and receive God's blessing on the word here this morning. Thank you for standing. Father, we thank you as we come to teach today that your anointing is upon this word, upon the message, and upon everyone that hears it. We thank you for guiding this message. Thank you for wisdom, your anointing upon my mind, your protection over every word that's said. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Shake hands with somebody or give them a high five as you sit down. And open your Bible, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 
and verse 9. I'm reading from the New King James translation. Jesus said to Paul the Apostle, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weaknesses or your weakness. What is he talking about? My grace is sufficient for you. Well, at this time in Paul's life, he's asking God to make things a little easier for him because he has been shipwrecked multiple times, spent days in the deep treading water. Imagine that, sharks swimming around him. How terrible could that be? He has been whooped many times with, 49, with 39 stripes and the cat of nine tails. And he has been beaten with rods several times, left for dead, stoned, left for dead, and survived several times. Uh, thrown in jail several times, spent years in jail. And that's where he wrote most of his books from jail. You'd never say so. He doesn't sound depressed and forgotten, even though that's where he was when he wrote the books to us. But he's now praying and asking God, God, can you make things a little easier? After all, I am preaching for you. And every time I step out the front door, it seems like all hell breaks loose. So um, that's the prayer he prayed. And then God said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Now, some folks interpret that this way. Paul, just hang in there. Just suffer in silence. That's not what God's saying. God is saying, Paul, depend on my grace, and you'll see my strength come through to rescue you. Say this with me. Say this. My faith is in God's grace and favor and not in my own ability. Now I say this. That is why God's grace and God's strength works for me. All right. So God wants us to depend on His grace to provide all that we need and, and give us the strength and ability to succeed in life instead of depending on our own strength and ignoring God's. And that was probably what Paul was dealing with. He's struggling to make it happen. And so many Christians I know have that piece of the jigsaw puzzle missing in their box of the jigsaw puzzle. We have to understand each piece of the jigsaw puzzle, and there are quite a few. And we have to understand where each of these different parts fit in to make up the picture on the box that we are looking at. So, Paul was going through these challenges and asking God for help, and God said, my grace is sufficient. Now, so many Christians have that problem. They face challenges in life, and they are depending on their own strength and struggling and struggling and struggling, just like Paul did, and get nowhere. This monotonous 
life and death situation hanging about us doesn't go away. Well, eventually Paul did catch on, right? Because he did say this, Praise God, it's not I that liveth, but Christ alive in me. And also he said, All I am, I am by the grace of God. I've quoted that statement of Paul's so many times. All I am, I am by the grace of God. In other words, Paul learned to depend on the grace of God to carry him in life instead of struggling in his own limited human ability. Paul, my strength is made perfect or comes to rescue you when you stop struggling and start depending on my grace and favor. Praise God. So by the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, we are going to study that verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And God is going to help us understand the full meaning of it here today because it's extremely powerful. So in order to do that, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 17. And we're going to look at verse 5 from the New King James Translation. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes man his strength or flesh his strength. So when I depend on myself and ignore God and his help, I'm actually living in the dimension of the curse. No blessing there. No blessing there. And unfortunately, Paul was doing that. He was preaching the gospel, bless his heart, but depending on his own ability, and no wonder the devil kept pouring on the heat and God wasn't able to help Paul as much as he'd like to. So eventually God said, hey, Paul, Depend on my grace, for goodness sake. Now, I'm going to show you a short video. And um, this, I believe, will help us understand what the flesh is. Because when I say, don't depend on the flesh, well, God said, don't depend on the flesh, but rather depend on Him, folks don't know what that means. What's the flesh? What's the flesh, Apostle Thea? So we'll look at this little video. We'll have a better understanding of what the flesh looks like. Roll the video. The Undertaker is 16 and all. 
Can Michaels hang the first loss ever on The Undertaker? That's been the question on everyone's mind since this match was made official. Okay, now you've seen that video. In that video, you see these WWF wrestlers coming down the elevator, their cage, into the ring where they're going to have their fight. And you see all the pomp and ceremony, the flesh, the ego, the arrogance, the pride, all of that displayed to its max. And the lights flashing, the crowd screaming, going ballistic, hysterical, hyperventilating. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me. Never ceases to amaze me how people can froth at the mouth over that. And they do. So these guys come out there and act like macho heroes, okay? And the truth is, they might be 25 years old, somewhere in their 20s. And when they get to 60 and 70 and that goes by so quickly, they don't, they don't look anything like that. And then when they get to 80 and 90, they don't look anything like that. And you know how quickly that goes? The Bible said, the life of man is like a vapor. Like a vapor. And then, pretty soon, they're dead and buried. 
dead and buried. That's the flesh. But when the flower blooms, that plant thinks it's all that and a bag of chips. And that's what's going on right here. Unfortunately, that character attitude is not from God, but from the devil. You see, it's all pride and display, and it comes from the devil. Yes, family. Satan was the one that started all that. God created him as a perfect archangel with musical instruments in his being. And he probably led the praise and worship in heaven. And uh, when he stood up, music came forth from his being and filled the heavens. And everyone would worship God. But he was the most beautiful of the three archangels that God created. And the Bible said he was lifted up because of his pride and his beauty. And he said, I am going to sit on the throne of God. I am going to kick God off of his throne and take over the universe and run everything. That's me. I'm so good looking. I should be on the throne, not God. And he tried to do it. He convinced one-third of all the angels that he would succeed. They believed him. And Michael, the great army general, Prince Michael, in charge of the army of God, he, he threw Satan out of heaven and all of those angels. Threw them out. And... Um, so one-third of the angels are on the earth that have fallen, following the devil, and they're called demons and evil spirits today. And uh, they try and harass us. But thank God, two-thirds of the angels did not follow Lucifer. Unfortunately, people today are being influenced by this spirit of pride. And that's what the devil did to Eve when he came to Eve. He said, Eve, if you eat this forbidden fruit... You're going to be like God. You're going to know good and evil. God doesn't want you to eat it and be like him. And you know what? That got to her. I want to be like God. Wow. Okay. And she ate the forbidden fruit, gave it to her husband. He ate, and the rest is history. But Jesus is not like that, right? He is meek. He is mild. He is gentle. He's full of peace and love. And that's who we ought to be following. We as men of God on Father's Day should not be tempted to be arrogant and proud and cool and macho and all that stuff. Don't let that spirit get in the church. That's, that's arrogant pride from the devil. That's the spirit of Lucifer. Don't let that into the church. Please, people of God, do not let it in. All right. Now let's go on to the next verse. Chapter 17 and verse 6. People think that acting cool and fleshly confident and full of fleshly pride, and that's all cool. It's not. It's the devil's nature. Verse 6. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert. Who's that? The proud, arrogant person. Depending on the flesh. He shall be like a shrub in the desert. And shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. God said, 
the foolish person who depends on himself, full of pride, he'll be like a shrub in the desert. Well, that doesn't last too long, does it? And he shall not see when good comes. You know when God brings good along the way? We recognize God's good. We recognize this is a blessing from God, and we grab it both hands. But these people full of pride, they don't know it. It goes right by them. They don't recognize the blessing of God that, that God sends them. And they inhabit parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. That's where they end up. Next verse said, But blessed is the man, the man I'm talking to right here today, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, and will, and nor will cease from yielding fruit. So God said, the one who depends on him and not himself a person who walks by faith in God instead of faith in the flesh would be like a tree planted by a river. And when the drought comes, he doesn't even know about it because he's getting his water from the river. He'll still flourish and have fruit in the drought no matter what happens. He's not, he's not anxious, not anxious. So what's God saying? This is a great scripture, a promise for us who put our faith in the Lord in these times. In these end times and difficult days that lie ahead, God is telling us, men, that we can put our trust in Him and no matter what famine comes down the road, God will meet our needs because our faith is in Him and not in our own ability. Yes, when I put my faith in God, he anoints my ability. Then I can do what I do even far better than I can do it in my own natural skills. God's anointing on my talents makes a world of difference. And that's what we're talking about. It's God's anointing on that sling when David let that stone go. That's what carried that stone to the forehead of Goliath. It's the anointing of God. No, David could never have done that in his own ability. His words of faith in God made that work. Say this, my faith in God will give my natural ability supernatural ability. Praise God. But on the other hand, the person that ignores God depends on his own ability. He's going to be like a flower in the desert when the, when the, when the drought comes. Okay. Go to 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Peter writes to the church and he says, Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is here brought to you through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that comes when we understand the blessings of what Jesus did for us. Praise God. God wants us to rest our hope fully upon His grace, not partially on His grace, 
and partially on our own strength. No. So once we understand who Jesus is and all that he's done for us, have a revelation of that, and God's love for us, that's when we see God's energy and strength carry us to victory. 1 Peter 1 verse 5. Who, this is talking about the believers here, the believers are kept by the power of God through faith. It doesn't say believers are kept by the power of God through trusting in ourselves, our flesh. No, by trusting in God, by believing in faith in God's strength and ability, He keeps us by His power. Say this, God's power works for me when my trust is in His power to work for me. Hallelujah. Because of His grace, and favor, he does it when I don't deserve it. Hallelujah. All right, Romans 8, verse 13. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I turn from sin and its evil deeds. So folks have asked me, how do I stop doing the wrong thing? Not trusting in our own strength doesn't work. Not depending on my own determination doesn't work. No, God clearly says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I turn from sin. So Paul writes in the church and he says, I turn from sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? Confess this next time temptation comes your way. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I will not yield to this. By the, say it with me. From, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will not yield to this according to Romans 8.13. Again, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'll not yield to this temptation according to Romans 8.13. Praise God. That's what we're talking about, family. All right, Philippians 2 verse 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him, and the power to do what pleases Him. All right, say that. God is working in me, giving me the desire to obey Him, and the power to do what pleases Him. Praise the Lord. According to Philippians 2.13. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a seat and share something with you from my heart. That's okay. This is Father's Day, right? So we're going to have a little man-to-man talk, gents. Okay? And we don't mind if the ladies listen in. And all future young men in the audience who are watching, soon to become men. Okay? If I want to stop depending on the flesh and start depending on the Lord... There's one way, and only one way, I can achieve that. I have to learn to walk in faith. I have to learn to walk in the faith dimension. So there's only one way I can feed my faith and become strong in faith so I can uh, uh, achieve 
all these things by faith in God, and that's by meditating in the Word of God and feeding my faith, right? Like Joshua 1.8. Remember, God said to Joshua, you're going to take over from Moses, and that's a big, a big deal to walk in his shoes. He parted the Red Sea. All the plagues came down on Egypt through his faith. And um, God delivered three million people out of Egypt through Moses' faith and trust in God to do what God wanted him to do. Now Joshua is having to take over. Moses has died. And uh, I can imagine the young Joshua shivering in his boots. And God says, hey, don't worry about it, Joshua. If you'll just do what I'm asking you to do here, you'll have the faith to do it. And here it is. Here's the instruction God gave to Joshua. And you know, he did this, and his faith got to such a great level that he was able to speak the sun in the sky and the moon in the sky and command them to stop, and it stood still for almost, uh, for about 23 hours so that he could win the battle against the Amalekites. All right, let's have a look at this now. Joshua 1.8 on your screens. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's what God said to Joshua. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Right? So God said, if you'll meditate in this book, day and night, my word, faith will rise to a point where you're going to find yourself creating success because of your own faith in me. Praise God. And that's amazing to me because that's the formula Joshua used to bring faith to a point where he could stop the sun and the moon in the sky. Sun stopping, moon stopping faith comes. Mountain moving faith comes from meditating in the Word of God day and night. And we're going to need faith to trust God instead of the flesh. Because if I don't have the faith, I'm going to depend on the flesh ashore as God made little apples. So men, as we go from here on this wonderful Father's Day, let's go. I'm not trying to be macho, arrogant, pride, prideful. Because the Bible said God hates the proud. Pride comes before destruction, the Bible said. The Bible said God rejects the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble, right? I don't want to get on God's wrong side, and the devil would love that. So if he can get me acting all proud and macho, and hey, look at me, I'm a cool cat, you know what, what's going to happen? God's going to reject me. And that's exactly what the devil wants. But if I'm going to be humble and walk in faith and give God the glory for everything good that happens in my life, God says He exalts the humble. He exalts the humble. My, my. I want God to exalt me and put me over and bring me blessing, make me victorious, make me number one. Whatever I'm doing in life, if I want to succeed in that game, sport, business, work, ministry, life, marriage. Put God first. Give Him the honor and glory for everything and watch Him go to work and bat for you. I love you. 
this is my message to you from the heart of God, this special Father's Day. Every head bowed, please, and every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. Can you kindly pray for me that I might be sure that I'm saved and bound for heaven? Yes, I can. While heads are bowed, while eyes are closed. If you want God to speak to you today and give the assurance to you in your heart that you are His child and you're bound for heaven, He accepts you and forgives you. I'm going to pray a prayer and God will give that all to you right now this morning. On this special Father's Day, if you invite Him to do so by raising your hand when I count to three, that's how you will invite God to speak to you by raising your hand. So here I go, I'm counting. One, two, three. Raise your hands right now to be included in this prayer on this Father's Day. Praise God. Many hands are raised. Now somebody's coming to put their hand on your shoulder to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Everybody in the house, please say this prayer with me, especially everybody that raised their hands. Let's all say the prayer together. Let's talk to God from the heart here this morning. Are you ready? Let's say this prayer. Dear God in heaven, let's try that again. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. From today, you are the Lord of my life. I live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face on that wonderful day. Praise God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.